helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges. This is Life Transformations with Michael Hart, Canadian Certified Counselor and Award-Winning Psychotherapist. I want to thank you for joining us in this episode of the Life Transformation Show. Today's show is titled Birth Order, Traits and Pitfalls. Did you grow up in a family where you were the only child? Or did you grow up in a family where there were many siblings and you fell somewhere in that birth order? Well, according to researcher Alfred Adler, where you fall in that birth order or whether or not you were the only child determines your personality and behavior. In this three-part series, I will be looking at the traits and pitfalls of certain uh, categories of birth orders. So, for example, if you were the firstborn or you were a middle child or maybe you were the youngest uh, in your birth order or maybe you were an only child, whatever, wherever you fall in In your family, we will be looking at some of the personality traits that you may have and some of the pitfalls that you should pay attention to. Additionally, we will be also looking at what can parents do if you are a parent and you are raising an only child, for example, what can you do to prevent some of those pitfalls? Or if you are raising, this is your first child and you're all excited about this first child that you're having, what can you do to help to offset some of the dangers of that firstborn. And as usual, as I go through this show, I will be using biblical examples of these different uh, birth positions. So, for example, in today's show, we'll be talking mainly about the firstborn child. And I will be using examples from scriptures to solidify the points and to help to clarify and explain uh, the points that I will be uh, bringing about. So let's go on to talk about the firstborn child. What are some of the traits of the firstborn child? What are some of the pitfalls of the firstborn? And what can parents do if you are raising a firstborn child? One of the first quality that comes to mind for firstborns is that they are go-getters. They are also leaders. They tend to, to gravitate towards leadership because of their position in the household. So the firstborn develop leadership qualities because they are the oldest in the home and they tend to have this sense of responsibility for their siblings. Researchers also tell us that firstborn also develop uh, good leadership abilities because they work hard at pleasing their parent and they strive to do things that show that they are mature and that they merit that position of being the firstborn. So they develop good leadership qualities and tendencies. But firstborn also do better academically. And there are a number of studies that have been published that shows that firstborns tend to 
excel academically over other children in the household. In one research, I quote, one of the most outstanding, one of the most consistent findings documented by several researchers is that children born first tend to do better in school throughout childhood. And some have even reported that they have a higher IQ than the children born later. As I go through this show, I would like you to bear in mind that with everything, there are exceptions, right? We are saying that these are just tendencies. It doesn't mean that this is so in 100% of the case. But what we are saying is that when we look at studies pertaining to firstborn, it's very common to find that they have these traits that I am t- I'll be talking about in this show. So we talk about firstborn being go-getters. We talk about them being leaders. We also talk about them doing better academically. Firstborns tend to be hard working as well. But let me use some biblical examples to, uh, to illustrate some of these points. Jesus was a firstborn child. The scriptures tell us that he has he had brothers and and other siblings and so if we look at Jesus as a firstborn we can see that Jesus was brilliant academically as a matter of fact when we look at the at at the example of him at age 12 the example found in Luke 2 verse 47 when he was just age 12 he was uh asking questions of the teachers in the temple. And verse 47 of Luke chapter 2 tells us that everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. So he wasn't only asking questions. Jesus at 12 was giving answers to the teachers of the temple to the point where they were amazed at the, the, the questions and the answers that he was given. So firstborn tend to have, uh, this, this tendency to be, to do better academically than their siblings. Firstborn are also hard working. They tend to take the sense of responsibility and they, they work hard at whatever they do. And this could come from them developing this sense of being responsible for younger siblings, helping to take care of younger siblings because they're older in the bird order. So this, this tendency to do things in the home manifests itself later on in life as hard-working individuals. We see an example of this in Luke chapter 11, and it's a story of Martha, Mary, Martha, and their brother Lazarus. Many theologians believe that Martha was the oldest of the three because the scripture tells us that it was her house that Mary lived in and that Lazarus lived in. And theologians believe that Lazarus was actually the youngest of the three. So we have these three siblings, Martha being the owner of the home. We have her sister Mary living in the home with her and her brother Lazarus, who's believed to be the youngest of the three. But when it comes to hard working, we have this account in Luke chapter 11, where Jesus is actually at the home of Martha, 
Martha. And Martha is so busy doing a lot of the preparation and the household and the servings to make sure that Jesus and her guests are comfortable. While the younger sister Mary is sitting at Jesus' feet, soaking in his teaching. And so Martha, the hard worker, this with the sense of leadership and responsibility because she's the older, the oldest of the three, went and complained to Jesus, asking him to make her sister help and that she had the sense that life was unfair because here she is, the the, 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 the leader, the, the person who feels in charge, working hard while her sister is listening to Jesus teach. And so she appealed to Jesus for fairness. So we see this example of hard working, but we can also see that, that, uh, firstborns tend to be goal oriented. When Martha's brother Lazarus died, we have this this uh, account in John chapter 11, where we're told that when Martha heard that Jesus was on the way to the house, she went out to meet him. So she's so goal-focused. My goal is to get Jesus here so that he can resurrect my brother. And he's not here yet. I hear he's on the way. And my goal is for him to be here. And she's so driven and such a leader that John 11 20 tells us that she went out to meet Jesus at a certain place. So she was so motivated and so determined that she wanted to get Jesus there. And Jesus was taken too long. So I have to go. She had to go out and get Jesus. So that's actually one of the other qualities of firstborn that they tend to be very determined. Martha was very determined. Firstborns can also be stubborn as well, and uh, that can be a positive quality, but it can also be a negative quality, and we'll talk a little bit more about that when we come to the the pitfalls. But stubbornness, the, the positive side of that would be determination. They are determined. They won't accept failure. If they're working at something, they will persevere, and they will work hard to achieve whatever it is that they set their mind to. And so, uh, firstborn also tend to be rule followers. They, they follow the rules to a T. And so, we find that in families, the, the firstborn has this sense of responsibility for the other siblings and want them as well to be rule followers. So, there are usually tension between the firstborn and the other siblings if they are not following the rules of the household. Firstborns also tend to be very outspoken. And we see an example of this in 1 Samuel chapter 17, 28 with Eliab, David's 
oldest brother. When David turned up to the battle uh, where the, the where the Israelites were facing off against the Philistines and the Goliath, we see Eliab chastising David, saying, why are you here? You're just here to watch the battle. Why are you not looking after the sheep? Your responsibility is to take care of the sheep. So that probably is coming out of this, this rule follower mentality as well. There is a rule in place. David, your job is to take care of the sheep. It's me and my big and my other two oldest brothers' job to be here with King Saul in this battle. You are out of place, David. And so he's very outspoken in chastising David. We also see this outspokenness in Martha. When Martha went out to meet Jesus, one of the first things she said to him is, if you were here, my brother would not have died. In other words, she's actually saying to Jesus, Jesus, it is your fault. You took too long. And because of that, my brother has died. So these are some of the common qualities of the firstborn. Now let us talk about the dangers of the firstborn. One of the dangers of firstborn is that they can be subject to this, to a sense of pride, a sense of being special because they have this position of the firstborn. And we see an example of this in the story of Cain and Abel, where Cain felt that he was special, that because he had this position of the firstborn and they were so much tied up in him with the expectations of his parents. Actually, it is believed by some scholars that when Cain was born and Eve rejoiced that God has given me a man. What she was actually saying is that God has given me the, the Messiah, the one who is going to redeem mankind, who is going to crush the head of the serpent. And so Cain was so named because he's this position, his name actually means possession that is prized above all others. And so Cain had this sense of being special. But the danger of that is that it ended up with him uh, being full of pride. And we know that because of this pride, he couldn't deal with uh, his brother Abel excelling ahead of him. So when Abel's sacrifice was accepted by God and his sacrifice rejected. We know the story of what happened, that he actually killed Abel because he was so proud. And so uh, the next pitfall is jealousy. There can be this jealousy of the firstborn if they see other siblings excelling, the younger siblings excelling ahead of them. And we see this working out in the story of Joseph and his older brothers. Michael will be right back. You have been listening to the Live Transformation Show where award-winning psychotherapist Michael Hart of Elim Counseling Services has been speaking on the topic, Birth Order, Traits and Pitfalls. You can find out more about us at elimcounselingministry.com or by calling 1-877-204-2914, where you can also make a donation to this Christ-centered ministry. 
Your donations help us to stay on the air and to provide subsidized counseling to those who can't afford it. Back to Michael. When Joseph started getting these dreams about the the, the moon and the, the, the stars bowing down to him, and the brothers understood that Joseph was saying he was going to be a leader, that his his family would would be under his rule. They became jealous, and we know uh, from the book of Genesis that they actually tried to to kill Joseph because they felt that this they felt this jealousy that this younger brother is going to rise to a position of of power that would make them subject to him so the the danger of the firstborn is is pride they're they're also subject to jealousy but firstborn also can grow with this sense of life being unfair they often feel that they are treated unfairly by their parents. In other words, the younger children sometimes get away with things that they couldn't get away with. Parents are usually more strict on the firstborn. And so when they look and they see the younger kids, uh, you know, at certain age getting certain privileges that they did not get, they grow up with this sense of unfairness. They also can be blamed for the mistakes of others. You should have prevented your brother from doing that. You're the older one. You know better. And so, these kinds of sayings by parents can lead the firstborn to developing with the sense that life is unfair. So, they grow in, up into adulthood often being triggered by what takes place in their romantic life, what takes place in their work life, and they often have this sense that their spouses are being unfair to them, or that things that are happening in the workplace, the way that they are being treated is unfair. It's as if they carry an emotional wound from their childhood, as a kind of sensitivity to a sense of unfair. So you might have a firstborn friend, and you are you are a firstborn yourself, and you can identify that what I'm saying is true. That they would often talk about people being unfair to them, or they being unfairly treated. This could be a conditioning or or a sense of being wounded as a child, and this being triggered by later events in life. Firstborns. Uh, desire to please could also be a pitfall. The reasons firstborn uh, excel is not so much that they're competitive, but they have this strong desire to please. And often it starts with a desire to please their parents. And this desire to please could also end up in them uh, being people pleasers later on in life, where they they fall into this trap of working hard to achieve the 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 affirmation of others, and so firstborns need to be aware of this because sometimes in a in in this desire to please others, they end up neglecting themselves. And this is also another pitfall, the pitfall of self-neglect. So when uh, self 
when firstborn is driven to please and this desire to excel and to work hard and the determination that they have and the stubbornness, those can be all good qualities in some sense, but in a negative way, this could also lead to self-neglect. And Firstborn can feel burdened by the sense of responsibility. They feel responsible for making things work. So if we look, go back to that story of Martha and we see Jesus is already on the way to her home, there is really no need for her to go out to meet him. But the sense of needing to, to, to be in control and the determination to make things happen and the sense of responsibility that she has led to her traveling to what the Bible called a certain place. It's unnamed, but wherever this place is, she traveled, left her home, traveled to this certain place to meet Jesus, to take him to this home. So that those kinds of tendencies, this desire to make things happen could actually create uh, self-neglect, where they're burdened by the sense of responsibility. We see this burden being expressed in Luke chapter 11, where she is burdened with the sense of providing for Jesus and the guests or at her home, so that while Jesus is teaching, she cannot sit still to listen to his teaching and Jesus actually said to her when she complained about Mary that Mary is actually doing the better thing. Mary is choosing that which will last. In other words, Mary is choosing to feed her, her spirituality and to relax, to, to, to find time to engage with, with spiritual things while she is busy doing household chores that she felt she had to do when in fact she didn't have to. So, so she is doing things in a way that could end up with her being leading to self-neglect and her having a burnout. We see Jesus protecting himself against this in a, in a very powerful example that is found in Luke chapter 5, 15 and 16, where we are told, and I'll read here, it says, But the news about Jesus spread all the more, and great crowds came to hear him and to be healed of their sickness. Yet he frequently withdrew to the wilderness to pray. So when I said earlier on that not all firstborn have these qualities that I am talking about, it's more or less percentages. Jesus is an exception to the firstborn rule. Because even though Jesus was a firstborn and he was driven and he had all many of those qualities, we also see that Jesus would often slip away from the crowd, often go away from the crowds of people who are gathered to be healed. And the Bible tells us that he would often withdraw in the wilderness to pray. You know, compare that with Martha, where Jesus is in her house, and she can't spare the time to leave the dishes to sit at his feet. So, self-neglect is one pitfall, and there's also the pitfall of unhealthy perfectionist tendencies, where firstborn uh, can become perfectionists, where they, they spend too much time trying to perfect tasks that were 
is good enough to be acceptable. So here are some strategies for parents. If you're a parent and you have a firstborn that you are raising, here are some some tips for you. One of the first thing that you can do is to show your firstborn unconditional love. And you can do this by just being affectionate, telling the child that you love the child. And even when they fail at something that you have given them to do, let them know that they have done their best and that you are proud of them. Often firstborn feel that their love, the love of their parents is contingent on them doing things well. And as we talked talked about pitfall earlier, this can lead to the pitfall of perfectionism. So let your child know that you love them unconditionally. Express love even when they are not at their best, even when they may have done things that you are not proud of. Let them know that they are loved. But it's also important to cultivate emotional intelligence with your firstborn. When you have a young child who has been the firstborn for maybe a few years and then suddenly there's another child, that child sometimes can feel a sense of abandonment. They can love their younger sibling, but also have this sense of jealousy that someone else is taking attention away from their mom and dad. And so it's important to the to talk to the child about their feeling and express, and if they're sad or angry, don't just say, stop acting like that. Find out what is going on with the child. What are you feeling right now? Are you a little bit sad? Tell me about it. What's making you sad? And by acknowledging the child's emotions and talking to them about it, you can help them to become emotionally intelligent. There are even faces of emotions for children. If you want a copy of that, you can find it online or you can call my office and I'll be happy to to give you a handout where you can help children to point to which face represent how they're feeling. And this cultivates emotional intelligence. But it's also important to cultivate this sense of fairness. Firstborn often feels that feel that they're unfairly treated. And so if they feel overburdened with responsibilities because they're the oldest they're the oldest in the family and they have to be doing all of these chores while they see their younger sibling, you know, watching a movie with the parent or having fun while they're the ones busy working. This, this will create this sense of unfairness. So what you can do is let chores be a family event with even the younger children helping out with the older sibling in some way. The younger child might not be able to do as much, but you can involve them in tasks in some way. They might just be able to have a play shovel shoveling the driveway with the older child, but just by having them there doing it as well, even though they can't do much, creates this sense of fairness. And also, spending time alone with your firstborn is important. Firstborn often feel replaced. The attention that they had before is suddenly being shared with someone else. And oftentimes, mom, uh, mom's attention and dad's attention is taken up with the new child in the family and the firstborn is left alone. So make an attempt as a parent to spend time alone with your firstborn. And so this is very very crucial because a lot of siblings' rivalry on 
healthy sibling rivalry develop because of this competition for parents' time and the firstborn feeling neglected. And so as you do this, you'll create a healthier family dynamic uh, in the later years of your children's life. So there you have it. We have quickly come to the end of today's show. There's a lot more that I could say here, but time has quickly passed us by. If you have missed the first part of this show, you can listen to it on our YouTube channel. We'll have this show posted on our YouTube channel so you can search Elim Counseling Services on YouTube and you'll be able to find this show by searching for it by title, Birth Order, Tendencies and Pitfalls. And we also want to remind you that we are not for profit organizations. So if you have not if you have not yet contributed to our ministry, please consider doing so by going to our website and choosing one of the means of making a donation to us. We also want to Thank those of you who have uh, supported this ministry over the years, either by word of mouth telling others about us or through donations. So we want to say thanks to you for your support and and uh, let you know that we are we continue to be dependent on your support to stay on the air and to do the work that we do. You can find out more about this ministry at elimcounselingministry.com if you're new to this. Elim is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. And so until next time, this is your host, Michael Hart of Elim Counseling Services, praying that God would bless you in all your relationships and keep you sound in mind and pure in heart. Thank you.